0: Scripture shows us the importance of kindness, of hospitality, and of the courage to speak truth to power. It reminds us that through baptism we die to sin and rise to new life with Christ. It also challenges us to prioritize Jesus above everything else, and to be willing to take up our cross and follow him. As Christians, we have to be prepared to face whatever challenges come our way. And through our actions, we must fully embrace discipleship and live out the call to follow our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to The Real Word Podcast for the 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle A of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. I'm Brandon Jubar and I'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week. It's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired Word of God. But to really be nourished by the Word, we need to break it open and look a little deeper. We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you, but you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else, and that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready, let's dive in. As I said tonight, we'll be looking at the readings for the thirteenth Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle A. Our first reading is from Second Kings. It's chapter four, verses eight through eleven, and verses fourteen through sixteen. A. Our second reading is from Saint Paul's letter to the Romans. It's chapter six, verses three through four, and verses eight through eleven. And our gospel reading is from Matthew. It's chapter ten verses 37 through 42. Just a couple things to note. First, we have readings from both the Old and New Testaments. Second Kings is from the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Scripture, while the letter to the Romans is from the New Testament, or the Christian Scripture, as is our Gospel reading. Tonight, we'll see that Elisha camps on a rooftop, Paul says to count yourself dead, and Jesus says You're not worthy. Okay, let's start by going through the readings, and then we can talk about the messages we find. Our first reading is from 2 Kings. One day Elisha went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. One day Elisha came. He went up to his room and lay down there. What can be done for her? Elisha asked. His servant, Giazi, said, She has no son, and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, Call her. So he called her, and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. Our second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And our gospel reading is from Matthew. Jesus said to his apostles, Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. that person will certainly not lose their reward. All right, so let's take a first glance at these readings and ask ourselves, what does it mean? What messages and meanings can we find if we dig around just a little bit? So our first reading was from the book of 2 Kings, and this seems to be a pretty straightforward story about the power of kindness and hospitality especially towards those who are seen as messengers of God. The story highlighted the the simple act of the Shunammite woman's kindness towards the prophet Elisha. Despite her initial lack of knowledge about his identity, she recognized his holiness and believed him to be a, a man of God. She persuaded her husband to provide a room for Elisha, which demonstrated her faith and generosity. But that's not all. The the story highlights and also highlights the importance of speaking truth to power. The prophets of Israel and Judah were known for their fearlessness in delivering God's message even when it went against what the people in positions of authority wanted. This serves as a reminder for believers today, a reminder to stand up for truth and righteousness even in the face of opposition or when it may seem unpopular. I think this first reading encourages us to embrace kindness, to show hospitality, and to have the courage to speak truth to power. It reminds us that our acts of kindness and generosity can have profound impacts and that we should never underestimate the rewards that come from showing love and compassion to others, especially those who serve God's purpose. So the main message I got from our first reading is that we must embrace kindness, hospitality, and the courage to speak truth to power. The message of kindness and hospitality is important for people today because it reminds us of the value of showing compassion and extending a helping hand to others, especially those who are engaged in spreading God's message or doing God's work. It encourages us to pay attention to the needs of others and to respond with generosity, even when it might seem like a small act. The story teaches us that acts of kindness, no matter how seemingly insignificant, can have significant rewards and blessings. So let's embrace kindness, hospitality, and the courage to speak truth to power. Our second reading was from the letter to the Romans, and in this reading, Paul explained the profound meaning and significance of baptism for believers. He used the imagery of death and resurrection to illustrate the transformative nature of the sacrament. When Paul said, We're baptized into Jesus' death, he meant that through baptism, believers are united with Christ in his death on the cross. The the act of baptism symbolizes a burial, where the old self, associated with sin and separation from God, is put to death. Paul explained that this burial with Christ leads to new life. Just as Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, believers also rise to a new life through faith in Christ. By dying with Christ, they're freed from the power of sin and can now live in a restored relationship with God. Paul emphasized that Christ's death was a once-for-all sacrifice for sin. He died to sin, conquering its power and providing a way for believers to be set free. Through baptism, believers are united with Christ in his death and resurrection, and we share in the benefits of his victory over sin and death. The idea of the full immersion baptism of adults, that symbolizes this transformative process. As believers are fully immersed in water, it represents their identification with Christ's death and burial. And coming up out of the water signifies their participation in Christ's resurrection rising in the newness of life they have in him. Through our baptism and in Jesus, we both die and rise. So the main message I got from our second reading is that, as Christians, we die and rise with Jesus. This passage is important for Christians today because it reminds us of the profound spiritual reality we enter into through baptism. It highlights the radical transformation that takes place when we're united with Christ in his death and resurrection. It calls us to live in the power of this new life, continually dying to sin and and embracing the righteousness and freedom found in Christ. That's just a fancy way of saying that being a disciple is an ongoing process of seeking forgiveness for our sins, and then aligning our lives with the gospel message. When we understand the significance of our baptism, we understand that, as Christians, we die and rise with Jesus. And finally, our gospel reading was from Matthew. And in this reading, Jesus presented some rather challenging teachings about the cost of discipleship and about the priorities of believers. In fact, he, he emphasized the importance of putting him above all our other relationships, including our families and loved ones. Honestly, though, I, I don't think many people spend much time really thinking about it. I mean, most good people value their families and friends above everything else, even though they'll you know, pay lip service to the whole putting God first thing. But here's the deal. Jesus wasn't advocating for neglecting or abandoning our friends and our families. No, he wasn't. But he was arguing for a bit of a reordering of our priorities. And the reason is simple. By putting Christ first in our lives, our love and commitment to him should surpass all other relationships. But our love for our families will then even more pure because it flows from our love for God. Now, the idea of finding one's life by losing it for God can be a bit puzzling. (laughs) What Jesus is doing is inviting us to surrender our own desires and ambitions and all of our typical self-centeredness in order to fully embrace God's will. It means letting go of our own plans and submitting ourselves to God's purpose and direction. What's interesting is that when we give up our own self-centeredness and try to live for God, we usually discover a deeper and more meaningful life, and it's a life that aligns with what God is calling us to do. So you may have noticed that the concept of rewards was mentioned in the reading. But it's not the central focus. Jesus he was just highlighting the value of hospitality and receiving messengers of God, whether they're prophets or just righteous people. When we welcome and support those who come in God's name, we participate in God's work and we share in the blessings of their ministry. The rewards themselves aren't the primary motivation. They're just a bit of encouragement, letting us know that God recognizes and appreciates these acts of kindness and support for God's servants. But we can't overlook that Jesus mentioned taking up your cross to follow him, which is a way of saying that discipleship is not an easy path. The cross symbolizes sacrifice, self-denial, and suffering. It also implies a willingness to bear the burdens and challenges that come with following Jesus faithfully just as Jesus took up his cross for the sake of others, we are called to do the same, understanding that our commitment to him might require sacrifice and endurance. Anyway, the main message I got from our gospel reading is that true discipleship requires prioritizing Jesus and embracing challenges. Following Jesus demands a radical reorientation of our priorities, but also a willingness to embrace the challenges that come with discipleship. It calls for a deep commitment to Jesus, placing him above everything else, including our most cherished relationships. Being a true disciple means surrendering our own desires and trying to follow God's will, even if it means sacrificing our own plans and our own comfort. This message is still important for Christians today because it challenges us to examine our own priorities and really focus on our commitment to Christ. It encourages us to live lives marked by sacrificial love, hospitality, and faithful discipleship, even in the face of difficulties. And we can do all of this because true discipleship requires Prioritizing Jesus and Embracing Challenges. All right, let's sum up what we've talked about so far. In our first reading from 2 Kings, the main message I came away with was, Embrace kindness, hospitality, and the courage to speak truth to power. In our second reading from Romans, the main message I got was, As Christians, we die and rise with Jesus. And finally, the main message I got from our gospel reading was, True discipleship requires prioritizing Jesus and embracing challenges. Scripture often presents us with powerful messages about the Christian life and discipleship. We're shown the importance of kindness, hospitality, and the courage to speak truth to power. We're reminded that through baptism, we participate in the death and resurrection of Jesus as we die to sin and rise to new life in Christ. But Scripture also challenges us to prioritize Jesus above everything else, even our closest relationships. And we need to be willing to take up our cross and follow him. As Christians, we're called to embrace acts of kindness, to live out our baptismal call, prioritize Jesus above all else, and be prepared to face whatever challenges come our way. It's through these actions and commitments that we fully embrace discipleship and live out the call to follow our Lord, Jesus Christ. So let's step back and take a second glance at these readings overall and ask ourselves if our path has become clear. To do this, I like to answer two questions So what, and now what? Okay, so what? Why should we care about any of this? Well, we should care about this because not enough people today seem to be willing to embrace acts of kindness and hospitality. Of course, they're willing to insult and defame people in positions of power and authority, but they don't really speak truth to power in a way that reflects the core values of Christianity. We should care about this because these actions are essential for building love and compassionate communities. And they they reflect the love of Christ in our interactions with others. It's important for Christians today because it reminds us to embody Christ's teachings and to be a source of light and love in the world. When we understand the importance of our baptism, it can have profound implications for our identity and our way of life. We know that our old sinful selves have been crucified with Christ and we have risen to new life in him. We should care because prioritizing Jesus above everything else and being willing to take up our cross and follow him is crucial for our discipleship. It challenges us to reevaluate our values and priorities in a world that encourages self centeredness and the pursuit of worldly success. These messages invite us to actively participate in the transformative work. Of building God's kingdom and inspire us to be faithful disciples who reflect the love and grace of Jesus in our daily lives. And the last question I try to answer is, now what? What are we supposed to do? Where do we go from here? Well, since everyone seems to enjoy complaining about people in power and authority, maybe we should start by making that a bit more productive. Armchair activism isn't worth much. We need to figure out how to get out there and literally stand up against injustices in the world. So with that in mind, here's your real conversation for the week. In what ways can we actively speak truth to power and advocate for justice? Find someone you trust and have a conversation about this question. Try to explore the various ways in which you could do this. Discuss the systems, structures, and the issues that seem to demand your attention and intervention. Then talk about how you could raise awareness, maybe by using different platforms to, to amplify marginalized voices or support organizations and initiatives that are dedicated to justice. Maybe you could engage in peaceful protest, advocating for policy changes and working towards creating inclusive and equitable communities. If you're feeling really ambitious, you, you could dive into the challenges you might face and then brainstorm some strategies for overcoming them. Things like fostering healthy dialogue, building coalitions, or simply persevering. To really make a difference in the world, we need to discern concrete ways we can advocate for justice and righteousness, and then we need to take action. It's a lot to figure out, but you can start by having a conversation and trying to answer the question, in what ways can we actively speak truth to power and advocate for justice? Well, before I wrap things up, I'd like to leave you with one more quote from Scripture. As you're thinking about how to effectively speak truth to power and advocate for justice, remember what we read in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Our faith calls us to actively engage of, in, in acts of justice, compassion, and humility. By embodying these qualities, we become agents of positive change, and we contribute to the transformation of our communities, our society, and our world. All right, we've come to the end of our time here together. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back again next week, but in the meantime, I encourage you to use this as a starting point. Spend some time with the Bible on your own. Read through a passage a couple of times. Think about it. Pray about it. Try to open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the Word, and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. The Real Word Podcast is brought to you by The Real Values Project, Real Youth Ministry, and The Real Values Framework. REAL stands for Respect, Engage, Accept, and Lead. For more information on The Real Values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 1973, 1978, 1984, and 2011 by Biblica, Inc. Used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide.